of the Midwest Monsters Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Grizzly Abner, and I'm joined by... Professor Wagstaff. Venomous Vinny. Hot toddy. Good to be with you again, friends, as we get into a bit of a roundtable discussion this evening around the films that came out in the year 1981. What year did we cover previously? Was it 1978? 1988. 1988. Another popular year. 81. Had some big hits, some big misses, but it was a pretty big year in horror. And so we're just going to kind of do an overview of the films that came out that year that were important. Todd will probably want to tell you about every film that came out that year, but we'll talk about the ones. <laughs> I didn't write important. down all of them. I left about five off the list. Okay, left five films off the list. So, this is arguably one of the greatest years in horror. Yeah? I think so. You want to say a little more about it while Todd keeps writing? Well, for starters, I was born, and uh, you I think you've just got some really interesting intersections with the height of the slasher craze. Some of the best offerings of that subgenre are happening. Uh, you have the best year in werewolf history in terms of the werewolf movies happening this year. Um, there's just a lot going on. There's a lot of interesting singular films that we'll mention, but as well, you got like Fulci is cranking out some of his best stuff. Over, you know, with the Italian horror, there's just a lot going on. Dr. Fulci was making movies before he was telling us <laughs> Wear a mask. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, Toddy, you got a list. Toddy wants to go chronological by month. So, let's talk about it. I just thought this would split them up a little bit better. Um, so, I'll just read the month and then we can discuss those movies because most of them are just a handful. Uh, so, Scream, Scanners, Blood Beach, Zombie 2, a.k.a. Zombie, and Terror Among Us. Okay. So I didn't realize Scream was that old of a horror film. (laughs) uh, Thanks for listening, folks. (laughs) You said you don't like remakes, but did you know you like a remake? (laughs) It's really not. It's not associated. Not not nothing at all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I will first pick Scanners from that month because I uh, had never seen Scanners. Picked it up for a buck at the video store. Cheap bastard. <laughs> and um, we just watched it within the last six months. And boy, what a film that is. Uh, it will remain on my shelf, but not really sure what I watched. Now, did you get the Criterion yeah. Collection for a dollar? <laughs> no, I, I got a standard. <laughs> Somebody else did. That's why Robert got the it's dollar. My copy. <laughs> yeah, Scanners yeah. is interesting. It's uh, it's got really haunting music to it, and we really haven't covered much Cronenberg, and that's something we should probably uh, correct at some point. I know we've covered um, the Dead Zone, but by and large, fly. in the Fly, um, we haven't we haven't touched on other stuff like scanners, the brood, 
um, video drum. So yeah, it's a good one. I like blood beach and there's an interesting backstory with blood beach that basically the elements of that movie are lost. So the only way you're going to see that, um, is off of a bootleg table at a convention and it's got Vinny's favorite actor, Burt Young in it, <laughs> as well as, uh, John Saxon. <laughs> it's just, it's one of those ones where it's, I think the allure of it being basically a lost movie at this point in terms of availability for a restoration and a nice copy kind of puts a little bit of uh you know allure around it since we can't get it as easily uh but yeah i'd forgotten that was 1980 and zombie 2 i always think of that as a 70s movie but i imagine that hit the u.s at that point yeah for those of you uh who have been longtime listeners we've never we we, we have done a full zombie episode so we did a romero zombie episode and then we did more of a, a broad zombie episode and we touched on some of the italian zombie movies um but we haven't done a deep dive on italian zombie movies and i honestly don't know if it's that desirable to do a deep dive on the italian zombie movies but um yeah so for those listening zombie 2 is actually the film most of you know is zombie but in Italy, Dawn of the Dead came out as the movie Zombie, and then Fulci made Zombie 2 as a sequel to Dawn of the Dead. And if you go into it expecting that, you're in for quite a surprise. Yeah, I was going to say, that's a kind way of putting it. The Italians love, love to say that things are just part two, part three to things, literally to sell tickets. It has <laughs> nothing to do with the American films. Um, so that's where you get Zombie 2 from with that. Um, and we really haven't covered much Fulci because we covered the beyond and it was a nightmare trying to explain that movie. <laughs> and I'm not, my ass isn't getting roasted over it again. So one of you <laughs> are going to have to pick it. And if I'm not wrong, the beyond came out in 81 as well, right? We have that on here. Uh, oh yeah, yeah. We get to talk about it again. Ful- yeah. Fulci's got multiple movies that come out this year. So, <clears throat> sorry, Todd, go. I was just going to say, um, Blood Beach, I actually have the bootleg. It is a, I, I don't know why I haven't watched it because it's it's a movie that stands out from the video store because of the cover, which is a, a girl kind of being yeah. sucked down into the into the sand. I just looked it up. I remember that cover art, but I've never seen it. Um, so I I wanted to watch it for this show and I just didn't didn't get around to it. But it's it's still on my must. Uh, Zombie, I watched when Anchor Bay first put it out, so I had not been familiar with that. But the the shark versus zombie alone. Is well worth the ticket. Um, I didn't know at the time. I, didn't, I really didn't know much about international films, but um, the professor's right. Um, I'm trying to think of the company that they actually released almost all of the zombie films because there's like five of them. Um, but they they will put uh, like usually if you get one of the first hundred copies, the slip covers usually the Italian version. So like there's a really bad alien movie called Terminator Two. Because it's before T2. Yep. Uh, and then there's like Texas Chainsaw 3. I forget what crap movie that is. But I say that and I'm like, it obviously works because I buy all of them. But <laughs> Todd spends 40 bucks on them and never watches them. <laughs> I had never, I was looking at the list of movies that came out in 81 for this. And I saw Scanners was on it. And I realized to myself, I've never watched Scanners. Like it's got one of the most famous effects ever in a movie with a guy's head exploded and i couldn't believe that i hadn't seen it so i was like all right i have to watch this now because of this movie so i watched it last night and 
It is weird AF. <laughs> is yeah. it mind blowing? Uh, it's really I like. I get it. Mind blowing. Yeah, I get the joke. Uh, <laughs> Ten minutes later. <laughs> no, I got it to begin with. I just like to acknowledge. Did you see that I was trying to scan you right now? <laughs> so, like, I I enjoyed no it. No selling sons of bitches. I enjoyed it, and I enjoyed the effects. Which were those Tom Savini effects on this one? Because we're about to hear Tom Savini a million times in 1981. I don't think it was Savini actually. It was this, okay. Uh, I can't keep them straight because so many of them that I did watch did have Tom Savini special effects. It was weird as shit, but at the same time, it was not as weird as like brain damage, <laughs> you know? So, and Michael Ironsides, real good. Masterful. Real good. I had to uh, so, retire my Criterion insert because I had him sign that. Ah, so I'm going to, I'm definitely somewhere down the line going to watch that again. It's going to be a while after I drank it in last night. Plus, I was shit-faced while I was watching it as well. A scanner uh, might not be the fun, most fun <laughs> place to be. Well, I did. But, but I did but, enjoy it, and I liked Cronenberg. I did. So, and I mean, I'm not, I'm not uh, a uh, connoisseur historian of Cronenberg, but from what I've seen of, of Cronenberg, I do enjoy. So yeah, Scanners I thought was good. I've not seen what was the other one you guys said, Blood Beach. I've not seen that. Uh, and Zombie, I actually had Zombie because I still do Netflix through the mail mostly for this uh, podcast for things I don't normally get. So I had realized a month or two ago that I had never seen it, and I thought, well, I got to rectify that. So I got it to come to the house, and it came to the house, and I realized when I got out the house for whatever reason. I was on Shutter that night, and I saw that Shutter now has Zombie on there. And I sent it back without watching it, and because I thought, man, if Joe Bob Briggs hosts this this season, that's how I want my introduction to this movie to be. So I'm going to wait and see if Joe Bob hosts this or not this season, and then I'll decide if I'm just going to watch it on my own or not. Yeah, I dig Zombie. It's fun. I, I did mention to Abner, I was like, you know, we could do a Scanners franchise, which he then was like, what? <laughs> Blue Mile. Yeah, wait, there's a franchise? There's five movies. Five. Whoa! Two, one or two is like a spinoff, but because uh, Scanner Cap. Uh, oh, Lord. I just seen, I've been watching those, uh, there's like a, a Blu-ray that the professor told me that don't ask questions, just buy it. Because uh, the, uh, the 80s trailer one. Because not only is it yeah, uh, yeah. for me, but it's in chronological alphabetical order. <laughs> so by by year, but I've been watching that one, and they uh, the scanners preview is on there, and the preview is just that scene from the movie. So they they knew what they were doing with that one. Which one with the head blown up? Oh yeah, that was the that was. Oh wow! The so they get, so they gave that away straight away. But you know what? Like it's it's people. One you you're like, what the hell happened? Like you don't even get what happened. Um, so that was just, I cannot, I cannot stress enough how good of an effect that is. Yeah. Even today. Yeah. I feel like now, yeah, uh, I was gonna body say, horror king scanners is now kind of like a, a documentary come to Netflix about couponing, but, uh, <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. February. Of yeah. <laughs> uh, surprise my bloody Valentine. 
I really don't even want to say this one because I feel like I'm going to say it. it sounds like the like a thing in your butthole, but the the sphinx. Let's <laughs> say the right. What's the little mummy movie? That's a large. Sphinx. Yeah, it's the sphinx. The sphinx. Shout factories, but not a Blu-ray of that soon. Yeah, uh, so I've not seen that. And a uh, final exam. So uh, we're getting uh, into this. As we mentioned, the slashers. You're, there's so many good slashers this year. And My Bloody Valentine is one of them. Uh, great film. Definitely. We've talked about that on our Valentine's Day episode. Uh, just love it. Revisited it this February and every February. And It's funny how, like, it's so funny that we have, like, great milestones of cinema that we don't revisit every year, but because we're horror fans, there's stuff that we revisit every year because it's just <laughs> seasonal. And we're like, yep, well, time to watch My Bloody Valentine again, little Canadian slasher film. <laughs> but when was the last time I watched The Blue and the Gray? I don't know. It's been a while. <laughs> well, in fairness, you need eight hours for that. <laughs> um, yeah, there are, to me, there are three slashers that are just their own movie without a franchise that are my favorites, and they all happened in this year, and this is one of them. My Bloody Valentine, which we've covered in the past, is awesome. Um, Final Exam's okay. It's it's decent for a slasher, but... I wanted to watch it, uh, but I just didn't get around to it. But what I think is interesting is I looked at 1981 and Final Exam, there's a lot of like college-themed horror movies this year. And so it might be fun to do like a college round table. Like a back to school. Yeah. Like I think it would be fun for a homecoming, right? A homecoming round table. And so, because I mean, obviously you've got like Urban Legend 1, you've got some of these other like newer college movies, Scream 2, but really to go back to some of these slashers and see just how ridiculous they were. So, yeah. Another day. Good times. Vinny? Uh, I've not seen Final Exam. Uh, My Bloody Valentine I've seen. I like it well enough. You love it. Let's move on Great to March. Reviews. Let's move on to March before Vinny blasphemes against well, My Bloody Valentine. I was gonna say, so uh, My Bloody Valentine, <laughs> always enjoyable. Uh, Final Exam I watched last night because I've, I've owned this movie for a minute and I thought, what a good time to open it. What did I say when you asked me how it was? I said, I said, I almost watched Final Exam last night, but I ran out of time. What did you think about it? He's like, well, it was, it was poop, but. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's just, uh, you start getting into those watered down, uninspired slashers. The too. thing about the 80s films, though, is even the shitty movies, there's still something, even if it's maybe just goofy and you laugh at it. This one, though, like, <clears throat> they're hiding the killer, but then I'm like, is this just some fat guy chasing him? They're doing a poor job keep kind of catching his face and at some point they just give up and it's just some fat guy running after him. So if I look up an eighties movie on IMDb and it's got below a five rating. And if I look at violence and gore and it says medium and nudity (laughs) medium, I'm like not worth time. (laughs) Don't lie. You go straight to the titty guide. I was going to say, is there a, is there a titometer? (laughs) I believe it's pronounced titometer. Well, <laughs> so I think this one has four tits. So, have we had right, it, four tits out of five? I guess that's how it's rated. Yeah, it's five girls, but only four tits are rated total, <laughs> not pairs. Well, because the eighties, some of them didn't have real boobies; they were small. So you could do that back then. 
Well, the, just because they're small don't mean they're not real, Todd. Quit trying yeah, to get I'm us canceled. At, I'm not real. You know what I meant. Quit trying to get us canceled. I meant like Jamie Lee and Trading Places were real boobs, but they were small, and then they grew magically on their own. Um, Listen, Todd, you're not exactly the authority on titties in this group, okay? No offense. <laughs> None taken, actually. <laughs> what we got in March? What we got in March? <laughs> so, the fun house, I'll try to reserve any relation to another DT in the White House with the Omen 3, The Final Conflict, and uh, it's Seminoid, Eyes of a Stranger, and Madhouse, and not the Cursed Alien. It's a madhouse! Or so madhouse, that was a video nasty. Um... Yeah, the I'd say the Fun House is the one worth watching out of this month. Well, to- Tobey Hooper. <laughs> <laughs> you know what's funny is I I do like Fun House. I've got that one. Um, it's a little disjointed, but it's a good film. But uh, Omen Three is actually my favorite Omen film. If that makes any sense. It doesn't, but I'm interested. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty bonkers. Yeah, uh, I I just. Yeah, we covered this on the franchise. I don't like Omen as a franchise. Yeah. It's pretty boring. So. I actually do like the Omen as a franchise. Yeah, I do and too. I like this, Robert. And I yeah, and I like this installment. <laughs> Shut up, nerds. <laughs> well, I, I honestly I think that um I mean to me, I think most people probably Let's know, get your boyfriend in it, Robert. I was gonna say most people probably know Sam Neill from from modern movies and probably didn't realize he's been making movies this long, but <laughs> I was gonna say it, it, is it any surprise that Omen Three is my favorite? I've got a huge crush on I, Sam Neill. So like. I am I am itching to watch it, and I'm going to be a hundred percent honest. Like the Purge movies, after a certain point in the White House, they became too real. I couldn't watch the Omen Three, and I could not watch the Purge movies. So have you never seen the I'm Omen just... Three? No, I have, but I, I oh, okay. I've been wanting to rewatch it, but but there's there's I got you. I feel you. Parallels there. I'm just going to say. This is not even Sam Neill's best horror movie of 1981. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Anything else to say about March? Uh, Funhouse is is fun, and Seminole yeah. is is that out yet or coming out from somebody? Because I want to see it alone for the cover because it's a baby alien coming out of her coop. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I have never. That shouldn't be checked like... off because that is the cover art box. <laughs> so, <laughs> how else do you describe it? Uh, I'm she not shouldn't have uh, an alien baby out of her vagina. This one's uh, who's the other weird guy? This one's not Cronenberg. It's uh, who's the other weird guy? <laughs> the other weird guy. What the hell? Cronenberg's the first <laughs> one. There's there's two weird guys. David Lynch. Cronenberg yeah. is one of them. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> All right. Seminoid oh, was yeah. directed by Norman Warren, so I'm sure he's not high atop your list of uh, that's exactly polarized directors. He's the one of the Warrens from the Conjuring stories, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah exactly. I quit. <laughs> Norman Norman Bates, right? Okay, April of 1981. The Howling Night. The Hand. Miss 45, Night School, The Beyond, The Black Cat, Bloody Birthday, Monster Club, and Cannibal Ferox. Man, I'm going to need you to go back over those because there's all kinds of stuff there. Um, 
there's two Fulci movies in the same month for starters. <laughs> Which I um, say it's odd because April's usually known as the month to shit the bed. Like there's nothing that comes out. Um, yeah, I I do want to point out my dad went and saw The Howling when it came out in April. And so that's why he's got a little bit more of a soft spot for it, just because it came out months before an American Werewolf in London. So it's interesting to listen to him listen to us talk about it because he had the one before the other. And so they're just kind of their own things, whereas we pit them against each other in hindsight, looking back on it. And don't forget a third good werewolf movie this year, too, we'll talk about. Well, yeah. I, there was at least four that came out. So I, probably the last werewolf movie to come out was in the 60s. And they're like, let's put out four. Uh, so just to go over again, just a couple at a time, I guess. The Howling. Pause after each one. Okay. The, the Howling. Howling. We talked about that. Knight Rider. Stone Cold Classic. Do you, do not mean, quite a horror movie. Do you mean Knight Riders? Is it? Are you talking about the Romero movie? Yeah, Romero. Gotcha. Keep going. I'm plugging well, the computer I in. Make sure we have power. Oh, thank God he's plugging it in. That, Knight Riders had Stephen King in a cameo, so there's that. And <laughs> and don't forget the uh, the dad, the the angry dad from Silver Bullet in the crowd. Uh, Knight Riders. Yes. Uh, we should point it. out though for listeners, Knight Riders is not horror in the slightest. It's, no. it's really not. I, I've mainly included it because Tom Savini and and George Romero. Sure. Yeah. Uh, the Howling has one of the uh, biggest board, turnarounds, right? for my opinion, ever in in movies. And and uh, I love to hear in the span of this this uh, podcast, sell out. I feel like just, listen, man. Just doing the opinions don't bother me. That upset me. How can you not love the Howling <laughs> after watching the other sequels? Anyway. I was with those sequels. Self-proclaimed werewolf lovers on a werewolf episode. And they pulled the fucking rug out from underneath me. They're like, oh, we don't like the howling. <laughs> what? I never got over it. So I'm, I'm, it makes me happy to know that Vinny's softened to it a little bit. I've compl- I'm not softened. I've completely 180 on that one. Give me howling yeah. two, three, and boot scooting howling. <laughs> nope. Oh, my God. You just. Yeah, I don't know if you know this or not, but you just quit the podcast. <laughs> I don't know, though. I, I have a hard time kicking him out because he coined the term boot scoot and howling. Casually. Didn't build up to it. Just drop that in there like it's existing. Can we not make that the real name? Can, can we not get LA, t-shirts made? There. We got to get t-shirts made. Boot scoot and howling. <laughs> the oh, rights can't sucks. be hard to afford. Uh, what else did we have for this jam-packed okay, so- month after Night Riders? Oliver Stone's The Hand. Oh, yeah, Michael Caine. Miss 45. Love Miss 45. Abel Ferreira. uh, Night School. Badass revenge movie. Um, I don't know if I'd categorize it as horror, but it's certainly genre royalty. That movie kicks a lot of ass. And the girl, the main character in it, she has basically no dialogue. But it really starts to question uh, what is justice and what's going overboard. But I mean, it's got some iconic stuff in it with her dressed as a nun and much of what promising young woman is putting on screen pulled from this uh, with her starting to kind of cross the line of, of entrapping people uh, with the lust for vengeance. But it's, it's a really interesting movie. 
Good times. Night School, I actually was going to watch for this show, but I could not find my copy. And you would think it would be on HBO Max since it's Warner, and they made a big point to pull all their films off everything. Um, so I unable to watch that. Night School's a gem. I'll, I'll pick that for the podcast at some point, I, but I don't think it's the easiest to see, as you just referenced. But it's pretty cool. Uh, the killer rides a motorcycle around Boston, if I remember correctly. The all-blacked-out helmet. Lots of decapitating. Fun time. Yeah. All right. Moving on. The Beyond, The Black Cat, Bloody Birthday. I'm going to need Professor to give us a synopsis <laughs> for The Beyond again in full. Okay, strap in. <laughs> it's going to take about a half hour. Yeah, but you got two Fulci movies there. The Black Cat's pretty forgettable. I personally love to be on, but Fulci's not for everybody. That's very kind. I think he's it. I will say in the importance of this episode for 1981, I think he's at the height of his filmmaking. He made a lot of interesting movies before and after, but I think 1981 is really his sweet spot because the globally there is a a, a real heightened love for gore. And that's what he was good at. And so I think he's really able to reach more viewers at this point with the slasher craze than he was before or after. 1981, the year of I for Fulci. All right. Um, Monster Club, Bloody Birthday, I own, have not watched. I watched the other Birthday 81 movie. Uh, Monster Club, Cannibal... Ferox. Am I saying that one right? I'll let you guys go first on any of these. Cannibal Ferox is a poor man's cannibal holocaust. Uh, Just not as good, but upping the door just a little bit. Yes, uh, a.k.a. make them die slowly. Yeah. Yeah. It has none of the substance. It's got all of the gratuity, none of the substance that Holocaust did. Yeah. It was... was, I mean, if you could say there's a cash grab follow-up to Cannibal Holocaust... That's what Ferox was. Is it three three on the titometer? I don't even remember. Here's the thing. If you're creating a hierarchy, because this Holocaust really spawned a whole subgenre. There is a ton of jungle movies. Um, I would put this up there towards the top in yeah. relation to that. Yeah. But it's definitely not as good as Holocaust by right. a lot. Yeah, this is... <laughs> if I could say there's a top ten cannibal movies, this is going to be in the top ten. But understand, without question, this is a very small pool to choose from. <laughs> I thought you were going to. Yeah. I thought you were going to rate it in your top ten Holocaust movies. <laughs> Vinny, I know you've seen the Monster Club. Yes, uh, Vincent Price. I like this movie. It's it's so weird. Like it, Vincent Price, his body of work went so many different directions. Like to, for being the majority in one genre. They have so many different flavors as 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 you go through it. Uh, this one co-stars that John Carradine, mm-hmm. who, and I, it's just kind of bizarre. But I love see I like seeing the aging horror guys getting more shots as time went on. I like seeing that kind of thing. Uh, seeing them play in a different era of horror is nice as well. Definitely. It's a fun movie, and it's pretty readily available on streaming services. Uh, I think Shudder yeah. has it right now. 
I'm not sure where else you can see it at the moment, but it's pretty easy to see. And if you're a classic horror person like some of the older stuff, it's totally worth checking out to see what kind of vehicle Vincent Price and and, Dave, and John Carradine are in in 1981 in that decade. It's it, it's rather interesting. I like it. I, I agree. I watched, watched it for the first time this week. Um, it is really weird. Like the monsters at the beginning is really strange. Um, but it's fun, and I, I did see that. Um, and it is, it's fun that there is a uh, the the big box VHS of Elvira, like when she was putting those out, that she had covered this movie. So that'd be kind of fun to track down. Yeah, there was another one. I think it was called House of House of the Long Shadows. I don't know if you guys are familiar with that. It had Vincent Price, uh, Carradine, Cushing, and I think Desi Arnaz Jr. If I'm remembering correctly, but I much prefer the Monster Club over it. I think it's more fun than Bloody Birthday. That's a killer kids movie. I've I've put that on. I think I watched it one time just to be ironic on my birthday with Happy Birthday to me. Um, it's a it's all right if you like killer kids movie. Check it out. Yeah. All right, uh, Grizz. I'm going to assume that you probably have not seen that one. Nope. <laughs> all right. All right, moving on. Well, April showers bring May flowers. Tell us about what happened in May. (laughs) (laughs) So a little film called Friday the 13th 2, Graduation Day, The Burning, and The Fan, just to start. I just watched The Fan within the last month for the first time. It's an interesting movie. Lauren Lauren Bacall, the screen great, she is being stalked by Michael Bean, who is an obsessive fan and is killing people to get in, get to her, which I'm sure was no coincidence um, with it being so close to Lennon being shot outside of Dakota. Lauren Bacall lived at the Dakota at the time also. So there's a weird relation there with it. Um, I am the walrus. But cuckoo, cuckoo. Uh, yeah, it was an interesting. The I Lennon. <laughs> Shut the fuck up, Donnie. <laughs> Oh, man. Um, <laughs> Come on, guys. Somebody yeah. else chime in on one of those. Right there. Three of us. Uh, let's talk about The Burning. Uh, the Burning is one that this is going to coincide with a film that's going to pop up later that I know is one of Professor's favorites. But The Burning is interesting, and The Burning was sold to me initially um, they're like, if you love Sleepaway Camp, you'll like The Burning. And so I watched The Burning for the first time probably 15 years ago. And as all of you know, I'm a huge fan of Sleepaway Camp, as most of us are. And I would, I went into The Burning and I was like, oh my god, this is nothing like Sleepaway Camp. <laughs> and really, it's it's a mean movie. You know, and and, Very. Uh, and I think that that's going to coincide. Damn, Sleepaway Camp wasn't mean. <laughs> uh, it's going to coincide with, spoiler alert, The Prowler comes up later. And uh, this is really what, what helps me understand about what I like in a slasher film. And I, I like I like a, an air of humor in a slasher film. I like some, some lightheartedness. And, uh, some levity. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not me. I like mean. (laughs) (laughs) Professor, the meanest bastard I know this side of the Mississippi, (laughs) which, you know, rings true. But um, 
No, The Burning's a good movie. I own The Burning. I like The Burning, but it's just, it is not what my little heart was prepared for mm-hmm. going into it the first <laughs> time around. And so... It does have a lot of shocks, because it's kind of a... Like, most horror movies don't kill people in the daytime. Yeah. They don't kill them in groups of people. Like, the canoe scene... I just watched this uh, with a friend who had never seen it. So, I think everybody expects the same thing as they get up to the canoe. Uh and you think that at, at most they're going to find a dead body. No, the killer comes out and kills every person on the raft viciously. Uh, and again, Tom Savini, so it's gross as hell. Uh, Fisher Stevens gets his fingers chopped off. and uh, George like, Costanza. <laughs> yeah, I don't think he dies. Yeah, I was gonna, movie, actually. I was going to say, with, with slashers, there's frequently interesting uh, castings, just because it's people early on in their career. This is the top of that. You've got a young Holly Hunter, a young Jason Alexander, Fisher Stevens, um, great special effects. So you have, and it's set at a camp. I mean, all of these things are just like the cliches that we think of for slashers. And as I alluded to earlier, uh, the three that I loved that weren't franchises, obviously, is this, My Bloody Valentine and The Prowler. I, I love all three um, as some of my favorite slashers and they all came out in 1981. But I think um, the burning is a, a great exercise in, you know, just what we tune in for. And so with Grizz, I totally understand what he's saying. So to compare this to Sleepaway Camp is goofy. I mean, that's, they're just both at camps. And so I don't know why somebody would do that. That's it. That's the only Because tonally, they're trying to achieve something completely different. Sleepaway Camp is funny and bizarre. I mean, it's got the kills, obviously, but the burning's not doing that at all. The burning is a angry revenge slasher, so, but uh, uh, certainly a classic of the genre. I watched this for the first time last night, and what I typically do now, ever since I've gotten this book, I'm going to do a quick plug here for Creature Features. Is that you watch films in one and a half time? (laughs) The science fiction, fantasy, and horror movie guide by John Stanley. Bangoria says, the Leonard Moulton of horror. Professor has this book as well. Stanley? uh, A quote on the back of this book, I keep two reference works by my bed at all times. One is Eric Weber's How to Pick Up Girls. The other is John Stanley's Creature Features Movie Guide. Never has so much worthless information been gathered together in one place. (laughs) I am in awe of the man, Joe Bob Briggs. I keep this next to my chair where I watch movies. And as I see things come up, like if Svengoolie's showing something that week or just whatever, I will consult this book to see what the rating is and what the basic synopsis is. Uh, And I just thought it was funny. This is the entry for the burning two stars at camp blackfoot stupid teenagers pull a prank on cropsy the caretaker who is horribly burned when he's released from the hospital cropsy returns armed with giant shears ear to wreak vengeance another sleazy scuzzbag slasher sickness flicks flick with gory murders features the massacre of several stupid kids simultaneously <laughs> adding to its closure eyes before the knife descends gruesomeness Producer Harvey Weinstein, a stickler for realism, claims they wrote the Cropsy tale is true. Maybe he just saw Friday the 13th. <laughs> directed <laughs> by to- Tony Malum, directed by Weinstein and Peter Lawrence. Makeup by Tom Savini. 
Brian Matthews, Leah Ailes, Larry, Joshua in the movie. But yeah, that sounds a little bit like a get off my lawn moment from a horror host who's not excited about where the movies are headed. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, I watched it and I liked it well enough. I mean, it it's derivative. It it is very much a. Uh, you can tell it was after Friday the 13th that hit big, after Halloween it hit big, that these things really started going. Uh, Todd, is this when you mentioned that a Friday the 13th Part 2 came out? Was that this month? Yeah, and which it's funny because I think that's why a lot of these movies this year were filmed as standalone because Halloween 2 and Friday 2 are both this year. So I don't think they knew that where the slasher craze was really going to go, that you could, you could turn these out. It'll come up later, that scene with Amy Steele, uh, the the pitchfork you know what i'm talking about yeah there's a whole other Mm -hmm. movie that i'm like damn this is friday the 13th too and i never realized yes yes so anyway i digress yeah friday too i think is the scariest of the entire franchise personally i think they really tried to make a legitimate horror movie with that yeah friday too uh i like it you can watch, you can listen to any of our Friday episodes and hear me uh, gush at length about it. I, so I will say uh, the fan, I, I, I think Scream or one of their companies put that out. I want to see it just alone for, for one of the co-creators, um, Jeff, and I can't think of his last name. That's like one Jeff. of, uh, it's like one of his favorite movies and he's always gushing Thank about Jeff. it. So on that alone, I, I picked it up. Um, but moving on of uh, the same month. Happy birthday to me, Dead and Buried, The Nesting, Possession, Zombie Lake, Ghost Keeper. I don't think I've seen many of these at all. So, uh, where are my fellow Zombie Lake fans at? (laughs) Okay, so... uh, (laughs) (laughs) Vinny, you ain't seen Zombie Lake? Negatory, good better. Oh, right it's a, uh, right it, on. It's uh, actually Swan Lake. <laughs> so, Zombie Lake. Is, it's a bonkers Nazi zombie movie. Of I course, you, that's the one you've seen. I believe it's Italian. <laughs> I, I own it. Okay, give me a break. Um, so, how much but is it open? Have you, you watched it? it? Oh, I bootlegged it. Okay. Well, that's how I, I want you to know I'm making a book of how I rate movies is how much you pay for it. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, it's a Nazi zombie movie. Super bad. It's awful. But, like, in a fun way, all of the underwater scenes in, in the lake where these Nazi zombies live are all filmed at a pool. And so you can see like the wall of the pool and the fake plants that they put in there. And like at one point you can even see like a ladder to get out of the pool. Oh my god. So Zombie Lake, high praise from the group. Now, was that when was Shockwaves? Was that eighty? It's, it, it was, was late seventies. So it's probably they probably ripped off Shockwaves in a poor way. It's way more fun than Shockwaves. Because <laughs> Shockwaves is boring as fuck. I don't know why it's so monumental or Oasis of the Dead as its other working title is. Somebody's going to slide in the DMs and eat your ass over that. <laughs> oh, I'll fist fight somebody over it. Uh, <laughs> Zombie Lake is superior to Shockwaves, and here I stand. I can do no other. So what else? Now, would you say superior in an entertainment or filmmaking? Oh, it, entertainment, not in filmmaking. Shockwaves is a okay. very well-made film, which is boring. Say, so it is important with... to clarify this. 
I felt like we covered. I have no concept of time anymore, but I think Dead and Buried we covered a year or two. Ago. I picked it on a match. That's what okay. I really like, but I can't remember the premise. Uh, this town, the doctor is killing everybody and bringing them back. Yes, I actually thought that I, I again, I remember the box from the old video stores. Had never watched it. I actually highly enjoyed that movie, like more than I was expecting to. So I did too. Yes, I, I believe that was one I was excited to pick. Yep, I believe Professor picked that one, and I was I was I was delightfully entertained with that one. That's a really good movie. The uh, the nesting is sitting on my shelf on open so roaches. Well, is that now? Hang on a now, minute, because I think the nesting's a slasher movie, isn't it? Because he's got like a sigh on it. I think you're thinking of the nest. No, oh, yeah, I am thinking of the nest. You're I don't right. like I don't like when we do these episodes and I get picked on because I haven't seen movies and Todd gets to skirt by because he owns them but hasn't watched them. But I have knowledge of it. <laughs> You're like I've I like ever. But also we now, have 50 movies and the one movie that you've fucking seen is a, a poorly shot faux buster of shockwave. <laughs> Here's the thing. You two should headbutt each other and whoever's left standing is right. <laughs> and me and Vinny will watch on Zoom. I I like the the nesting is pretty good, but I like the TV series from an Empty Nest. I thought that was an interesting take on it. That yeah, was I'm John logging out. Was all that and he's got a spinoff <laughs> show. It was pretty good. I uh, uh, I tried really hard to track down Possession because that the meme comes up all the time. That's the the one where it's like when. Uh, me when the director says don't overact or whatever and it's the scene where she's getting possessed yes. I, I, I i like to i do have been trying to track it down forever um it's not easy to get i've got uh mondo uh put out some really cool versions of this film this is what i was referring to as sam neill's best horror film of 1981 um this movie was don't give me that shit grizz uh here's the thing it, this was one of the most potent viewings I've ever had of a horror movie because I've only seen this one time and I watched it and I wasn't, I was sick. And so I basically evolved into like a fever with, it was like a fever dream viewing of this. And some of the imagery in it is, is absolutely insane. Um, And in the event that we cover it on the podcast at some point, or just for people who haven't seen it, I don't want to give away things on what that imagery is. So I'll just leave it at that, but um, it's it's one of the best horror movies I've ever watched that most people haven't heard of, and it is a real gem of this year. Did the only thing that bring you out of your fever, was it more cowbell? Yes. The thing that Hot Toddy is referring to is the, the part of the film when Isabella Johnny is down in the subway, and she's just <laughs> flailing. She's throwing liquids <laughs> against the wall, screaming, and there's more to that within the movie, but it's such an intense scene that it's ended up in some of the funny things as like uh, what Toddy's referencing. But um, if you have the opportunity to see this movie at some point, it comes with my highest recommendation. It is uh, absolutely, it's so intense, but it's really good. Would you say this is where your fascination with tentacle porn came from? <laughs> yes. A little bit of a spoiler alert there. I don't know how the hell you know that. Maybe from the t-shirt I've worn, shirt. though. Uh, Ghost Keeper, I just watched this week as well. What a weird-ass movie. Um, is that a winter horror? 
Uh, no, it was uh, more of a, a sequel to The Shining, I guess. Um, so, again, uh, I think you had commented, Professor, that um, good time to watch Winter Horror because it was snowing the other day, but I actually yeah. did a double, uh, double feature where I went from Ghost Keeper to The Last Shark, so hopefully that's where our weather ends up. <laughs> Ghost Keeper's not very good, but I like Winter Horror, so <laughs> there it is. All right. Anybody else anything on May? So moving along, June, final exam. Clash of the Titans is more sci-fi, but I figure there's a lot of monsters and creatures in that. Uh, and Blood of Dr. Jekyll. Now, I just want to ask, hmm. are there two final exams that year? Because you brought one up in January. Did mm. it? Oh, well. So it's the same movie. We'll cross it off this one. It probably more than likely came out in June. It would be good timing. I got nothing on those movies. I mean, Clash of the Titans is cool to watch, if anything, for the... Um, Harry Houston effects? Yes. Oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I love Clash of the Titans. I'm just not going to talk about it on the horror podcast. <laughs> oh, my goodness. is not scary enough for you. <laughs> well, then, uh, let's not move fast in July with Escape from New York. Uh, Blowout. Never heard of it. Wolfen. Ooh. from the Galaxy. Let's talk about Woofen. <laughs> the stepchild of 81 werewolf movies, because it's just not as good as the other two. But if it had come out in any other year, people talk about it so much more. Yeah. I agree. I agree. Uh, I don't like the way they handle the werewolves in it. Like, this, the you know, that they just turn into wolves. They're not like werewolves. <laughs> other than that, it's a really good film. And, and I love... Uh, it's, I, I make it no secret that I love Albert Finney. I could listen to Albert Finney read the, the phone book. And so... Um, well, and you're obsessed with Edward James almost also. So <laughs> that goes well together. He likes to stand. I made that up. He's not. <laughs> Busted. But he is in it. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So now Wolfen... Wolfen's a really good movie, and I love Albert Finney. Yeah, it's entertaining. But again, it's just... It can't compare to the other werewolf How pissed here. were they that they were like, no... We're we're gonna oh Halloween's coming out we'll put it out just a few months later we'll we'll be cool and then it's just uh, sandwiched in between the big two so Vinny have you seen Wolfen? Yes, not a huge fan of it. <laughs> I mean it's it's serviceable, but yeah. yeah. What else did we have this month? Uh, so Blowout, which is more of a thriller, mm. but, uh, Travolta and Escape from New York mainly probably makes the list because of uh, who directed it. So. Yeah, it, it goes into the, the genre fun of Carpenter, but Blowout, although I wouldn't call it a horror movie, has horror elements, and I'm I'm not exaggerating. I would put that in my top 20 movies of all time. I absolutely Which, what movie is love that? Blowout. Is that De Palma? Okay. Brian De Palma, easily John Travolta's best acting. It's such a good movie. Oh, okay. I guess you've never seen Saturday Night Fever. That's cool. <laughs> yeah, or Powder. I'm s- sorry I offended you guys. Did you say Powder? <laughs> Was he the flopper? <laughs> I meant to say phenomenon. Because <laughs> got tripped up movie. on your '90s smartass jokes. I just made a joke where phenomenon was the butt of the joke to somebody earlier this week. That is hilarious. Uh, <laughs> it's no Michael. Good God! But yeah, blowout. Um, I I truly deeply love that movie. So I won't recommend it as a straight horror movie, but. 
if you're interested, watch it. De Palma had such a great little pocket of sleazy thrillers with Dress to Kill, Blowout, and Body Double. And I just, all three are wonderful. Can I just say on John Travolta, as I shit on movies he's done, or any actor that I've ever shit on movies that they've done, I would still be envious of the homes or cars that they bought (laughs) from doing these movies that I make fun of. I'll just say with Blowout, John Travolta's got a great line in it. He just says, it's a great scream. It's a great scream. Basically, the premise of the movie is he does sound effects for movies. And while he's out recording things in nature, he witnesses what turns out to be a big uh, part of a big political scandal with a murder and a tire blowing out potentially, or was it shot? And that's it, it unfolds from there around Philadelphia, but it is a damn good movie. Now, would you say it's a better line than in Saturday Night Fever when he looks back at John Pascal, who has just had sex with his friend in the back seat, and he says, so are you a nice girl, you fucking cunt? Because, like, you can't be both. Because <laughs> to me, I, that's when he, I don't that was that when he crested. <laughs> Is it uh, similar to when uh, I'm sure there's just a lot of cocaine in a room, and they were like, hey, the guy that made Rocky just did a bunch of coke, and he's going to write and direct the sequel to Saturday. <laughs> he's going to wear a, a loincloth <laughs> through the whole movie. So, uh, to bring it back oh, to man. reality... I Blow love that we went on a it. whole What's John Travolta tangent. I'm just saying I've got chills and they're multiplying yeah. before oh. I move on here. I hate everything. Saturday Night Fever, the loincloth and all the, the badness, it's still not the gayest thing he's ever done. So, <laughs> Tell us about August. All right. <laughs> Wait, are we done? July was short. Yeah, uh, student Bodies, Wes Craven's Deadly Blessing, uh, an eye for an eye, Hell Night. We'll stop there. Covered a couple of those. Deadly Blessing. This is a little one that um, the professor uh, had told me for years I needed to watch when I lived out in Amish country. <laughs> and um, I can't remember. Did you buy this one for me, Professor? Or did Carrie buy this one? Uh, can't remember. I think Carrie did then. I think Carrie bought it. Uh, for me for Christmas one year, and look, uh, nobody cares. <laughs> <laughs> did you do? A- I'm, I'm doing that whole thing where I tell you about the recipe before I tell you the. Recipe. <laughs> so, I, well, gift is gift is more than than free or bootlegging. So, <laughs> I have the, the important thing is you didn't Did you watch a? Did you do like a marathon with like that and Witness and <laughs> yeah, the uh, Tim Allen movie with Christy Allen? So I, oh God! <laughs> Please let's not go on a Tim Allen. Woo! Viral here. So, so yes, uh, deadly blessing. We have covered that one. Yeah, so you, but uh, again, oh, go ahead. Oh, just just a a good weird little movie from Wes Craven. Uh, Michael Berryman's in it. Um, Ernest Borgnine, <laughs> who I love, and you know. I lived in Amish country, and and I love at one point in the film they're like, "Oh, this group, this religious group of people makes the uh, makes the Amish look like party animals, <laughs> you know? Like <laughs> so they're just this weird subculture of religion, and there's a really weird non-binary sex twist. Like it's a 
it's a really weird movie, but it's really good. And I mean, yes. it's for 1981, I mean, mm-hmm. well, and it's, I like any reason to look at Sharon Stone in any capacity. Sure. Um, it's interesting too. I mean, when we really take a step back from this year and think about it, so you've got some of these all time great directors making movies that they're not even the movies that we love them for, but that in the middle of all of these excellent horror movies, you still have new movies from Tobey Hooper, John Carpenter, Wes Craven, George Romero. I mean, they are still quite active. So they're, these movies are sprinkled in around these other ones that we celebrate. Um, but uh, that's why I think it's just such an interesting year in horror. Um, Hell Knight was one that, that came out, you said, this month. Uh, that's one that I'm particularly fond of with uh, Linda Blair. Um, kind of the classic uh, overnight challenge and, and haunted house movie. Um, but yeah, just another, just this year's riddled with gems like this that are all there waiting to be watched. Suit and Bodies was probably perfect timing because it's a it's a spoof movie, but about slashing. Ah, yes. Uh, actually, I remember I, I, this was one of those movies I tried to track down because I remember it as a kid, but never knew what it was called. And um, eventually, it got reissued from somebody at some point. But um, this one's also called Mutilator. No, th- this one's actually that's uh, uh, Mutilators, also known as Fall Break. Oh, uh, that's it. So, All yeah. these colleges. That's movies. an interesting one. Oh, college was uh, that's baby. an interesting one. Student bodies is actually pretty funny, and also that's how you know. Slashers were big when we've got a parody movie coming out right in the middle of it. Um, moving along, same month, American Werewolf in London, Saturday the Eve, Evil Speak, and House by the Cemetery. Is House by the Cemetery the one with that annoying ass kid? Fuck Mom, yes, it sure is. is. <laughs> <laughs> one of the worst overdubs in movie history. <laughs> Uh, that's a great month at the movies, though. Saturday the 14th, I'm not particularly mm. crazy about. That's a, that's another spoof uh, I liked it, I liked it way better when I was a kid. It does, it does not hold up. Yeah. Do you not like it because it's a spoof? Is that like, is, are spoofs not like your flavor? It, or is it just the way the film was made? Just the way that particular film was okay. made. I've like not seen spoofs. it, so I have, I have nothing to base it on. Right. House by the Cemetery, I like, but I know... A lot of people wouldn't. It's the you guys aren't wrong. The dubs are horrible, but I love the atmosphere oh, of it, so and bad. I think the I think the dude the the dude in the basement is gnarly as shit. And then obviously, There's, American Werewolf in London is just perfection. I just saw House by the Cemetery in the last couple of weeks on Shutter because it was hosted on the last drive-in, and and it was the second feature, so I was deep into my cups by the time this movie came on uh i'm not i'm not a big fan of italian horror there are something like if you're which is great that i was drunk because i didn't have a cohesive story to try to follow which you really do with with italian horror uh it's a lot like in in my opinion like rob zombie movies where visually it's always fan. The art direction is always great in these movies, but the content may not be, and dialogue may not be up to snuff for my for my taste. But visually, it's always got some really cool stuff to to an art direction to to lay on. Yeah, the, so I do appreciate that. Oh man, and that kid is number one. The one of the dumbest haircuts in movie <laughs> history, and, and just a terrible. 
terrible overdub. And I have nothing to base this. I'm drawing a blank. That wasn't even a kid doing the overdub, was it? No. Yeah, I don't think so. It's not convincing in the least. And the kid's name was Bob. Which it was just weird to choose that as like the name for not Bobby, not any just Bob. That's that kid's name, Bob. With a simple and, uh, <laughs> Bob yeah. is very funny. Um and here's the thing. Well, go ahead. No, you go. Oh no, you're I was gonna say it's important Bobby. to point out with these Italian movies for listeners who haven't watched these films or understand much of what's going on with them, the way they made them is very unique. They and they even joke about this in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood when the character is making Italian movies. They dub later, and they did this yes. to sell globally. And so they don't have, record sound, right? And so the effort is made later to do that, and that's also why frequently, not so much in Fulci movies, but Italian horror movies and especially Jalo movies, you'll have one American star, and that's to sell it around the world. But the dubbing is very challenging to get used to, but it's important to point out why they did it. And and so they would go in and change the language on these things, depending on where they were marketing it. And so that's why you end up with Bob's ridiculous dubbing. But they also frequently set movies in the U.S. And so Fulci filmed like in New Orleans more than once. I think House by the Cemetery takes place in Massachusetts. It's been a while since I've watched it, but... Um, they frequently were aiming for the American market, but yeah. yes, and they wanted and even, they bad. even wanted their international audience to believe they were American movies as well, and so they yeah. would have very American names as like pin names for the writers and things like that to try to present this as an American production to to get people to watch it. And then yeah. uh, aside from that, American Werewolf in London, obviously seen that. Love that movie. So, I was going to say on the overdubbing thing too. They some of that still goes on to this day. I remember hearing an interview with like Darren Lynn Bowsman, and he was over there filming something, and like he's trying to film stuff with a crew that he hired from <laughs> Italy, and they're just carrying on and making all the fucking noise they want. And he's like, "Could you guys shut the fuck up? I just yelled action," <laughs> and they're like, "Right, what? what? You're just going <laughs> like why? You're going to fix it in post anyway?" And he's like. No, that's not how we do things. That's how you do things. Yeah, right. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah, and of course, American Werewolf in London, one of the greatest movies ever made. Which, so. which again, if if this, if this, maybe they would have pushed it back a little bit, that's they're probably like, man, Wolfen, Wolfen's almost number one for two weeks, and it's like, oh, shit, this other movie just came out, and, and nobody, Wolfen was long forgot. Yeah. Yeah, and American Werewolf in London existed before the howling many of the concepts and they kept tripping up with it and the howling went into production rick baker lended some of the stuff that he'd been working on because he thought it wasn't going to get made to rob botten which is why you had some of that demoed in the howling with some of the transformation stuff ahead of time which then uh, infuriated quite a few people and got the ball rolling on american werewolf in london and lo and behold by the end of summer it's done and exists um and to all of you listening at home, if you want to hear us gush about American Werewolf in London, there's a number of episodes you can go back to and hear us Definitely. weep and hug each other talking about American Werewolf in London. <laughs> all right, so September. Uh, so the first movie on the list is something that was kind of her. There's some movies that kind of changed genre over the years. 
So this one actually, when I, I hate saying it, but when I watch it now, I watch it with groups of people to laugh at, but Mommy Dearest. And it's now it's like a huge campy cult classic where, man, when this movie came out, everybody was like, can you believe what she did to her fucking kid? And now everybody like just like, I don't know. It's not really funny, but but the over the top acting and um, Faye Dunaway is playing. Um, it's one blank on her name. Who's the actress? Sarah Crawford. Yeah. So this is uh, <laughs> the, based on the book of the daughter's uh, telling of what her mom. Christina Crawford. Mm-hmm. All I can remember was... That's another Christina, angry rich child. Christina! No! Wire <laughs> hangers! But, uh, yeah. Good times. Uh, I, I will say, before you move on from that, my favorite quote was Marlena Dietrich. When the book came out for Mommy Dearest, she... Because Joan Crawford had adopted this girl. Um, and she said she should have left her in the gutter where she found her. Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's in one of the previews. Uh, then the Boogans and the Last Shark, also known as Great White. I haven't seen that one. The Boogans is another example of why you shouldn't trust Stephen King quotes, because he famously said that this was another uh, new look for horror, or a great movie, and pretty forgettable. But boogers. Yeah. Uh, the Last Shark. I, I watched. It's one of the first cons I think I ever went to. I picked up a bootleg of it. It's really it's bad quality. This is on Amazon Prime. And it's actually pretty decent. So I I rewatched this this past week by myself and forgot how re- it's not even a Jaws ripoff. It's like Jaws two because it's all these like people parasailing and it is it is so bad that I actually like caught myself laughing out loud because of the ridiculousness of it. So, Those are some of my favorites. So bad that I'm laughing out. Loud. Well, that, that you know they talk about any of the Jaws movies are are like the godfather compared to it so when the shark does come out of the water most of the time it is actually just kind of like standing there like propped up like waiting um let me ask you this would you rather have this or cruel jaws on your shelf well i if they were released legit of this i'll pick it up too but i have cruel jaws as well um okay i've seen cruel jaws oh no cruel jaws i couldn't (laughs) did you open it did you watch it oh no i watched it okay uh, no, because uh, I've, I've seen Cruel Jaws is actually streaming too, which is really weird because I thought I'd never get to watch it just because of the um, the Universal stuff that, which Universal. Because they actually use footage of Jaws. Yeah. Well, Universal <laughs> actually even tried, we're going to sue Joe Dante for Piranha and then Steven Spielberg stopped him because he liked it. So how yeah. are you going to do that? But like, I know that they went after him, but man, Cruel Jaws straight up takes Jaws and puts it into the movie. Illegally, so good times. Um, but definitely worth uh, checking out just because of how bad it is. Um, and then moving on to October because it's pretty big. So Full Moon High, uh, Watcher of the Woods, The Evil Dead, uh, Nightmare, Shock Treatment. We'll stop there. Yeah, Full Moon High is the one that nobody ever remembers for another werewolf movie because it's playful. But you got, uh, what was it, Arkin was the main character in that? Uh, Adam Arkin? Alan Arkin? <laughs> sure. Alan Alda. Adam Arkin. <laughs> <laughs> Directed by Larry Cohen. Oh, it's a Cohen flick. I have to watch it now. It's sitting on the shelf. 
Um, <clears throat> Watcher in the Woods was when Disney. It's kind of weird because Disney's movies actually. I I've never seen the preview for some something wicked this way comes. I'm like, holy shit, Disney! Like Disney wasn't fucking around. It followed by after Watcher in the Woods and um, something wicked. I, I know most people don't think of it, but Return to Oz is pretty fucked up too. So it is. Disney got dark. Return to Oz Cauldron. is a pretty. Return of Oz is seriously kind of a scary movie. I remember seeing that as a kid. And when holy shit. you become a witch? Carrie loves <laughs> Watcher in the Woods. Is it, I'm trying to remember. Is is Betty Davis? She is she in that one? Or? I believe so. Which man? She she always scared me anyway. So as well as Betty Davis eyes. She's got Betty Davis eyes. Um, she hated that song. Fun fact. <laughs> uh, so shock treatment. If you don't know, is is equal to Rocky Horror Picture Show. Uh, oh yes, I've not seen it, but I've heard of it. I I doesn't do much for me. Pull the plug. I, I I keep hoping that we do another Dead End sequel because it's I, I will eventually force it on you guys. So well, I, I, Ro- Robert Robert's gonna hold out on that forever. <laughs> it's okay. I'll just throw it into a mash. What uh, what else did we have? I say I have to trick him. Uh, Evil Dead. Which I don't think we have oh, yeah. a whole lot about, but I'm familiar. I've never heard of it. What's it about? Now, that's another one that Stephen King said was the future of horror. He's a little bit better on that. He, he has a better guess that time around. <laughs> Folks, if you want to hear us gush about, gush about Evil Dead, Ni- go back to Midnight Nightmare, so. I don't think I've ever seen. It's another one that I, I just remember the, the box art quite a bit. And then I just it's weird that some movies are... Um, I feel like 81, obviously, a lot of these movies have gotten reissued recently. So hopefully you know. nightmare, nightmare is gnarly. Um, that's got I that. I think it's it was made foreign, but it's a basically a, a Times Square slasher because it was also released as like nightmares and a damaged brain. And Savini worked on that, and it's got some awesome kills. If I'm remembering it correctly, I mean I think Robert Englund was good in it. Motherfucker! I just want to call you bitch, <laughs> bitch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, dude, Freddy's voice though. <clears throat> oh, I, thought, I thought somebody was working. Yeah, out. I'd completely forgotten about Nightmare though. That's actually a pretty good little slasher. All right, another mean one. Welcome to my so, night. Moving on, October for the rest of the month: Galaxy of Terror, Halloween Ooh. Two, Dark Knight of the Scarecrow, Strange Behavior, The Pit, and Hospital Massacre. Strange Behavior, that's the one that had uh, Dave Thomas and Rick Moranis in it, right? <laughs> no. <laughs> Actually, that one's probably better. Uh, uh, Dark there... Knight of the Scarecrow. Um, one that was, if you didn't grow up watching it, really overhyped in those <laughs> uh early aught 2000 con days because people have been begging for it for years and it finally hit DVD and they were at every convention trying to push it on you with the director. And like, you finally watch it for me, my experience was I finally watched it and I was like, God, what's all the hype about? That was first time. Second time I watched it and I was like, I love this movie. Did we cover that one for the podcast? Yep. I thought so. So, uh, I love dark Knight of the scarecrow again. My first viewing tainted just because of the pressure to watch it because it was such like a rare gem that had finally come out um, and then watched it a second time. I was like, oh, this is legit. I got a buddy, shout out to Chad Wright, a.k.a. Noob, who 
absolutely put over this movie for years and I had never seen it. And then finally, when we picked it for the podcast, I ended up watching it and I did end up enjoying that movie. I thought it was pretty good. I think that's I think a good one. The big thing with that movie too was because I, I had never called it because it, it, it was more of a, so it was a TV movie. Uh, yeah. And then, you know, Man, um, 81 definitely, I mean, VCRs were a thing, but, like, I remember in 85, my next-door neighbor had one, and I thought he was a millionaire. <laughs> um, so, VCRs weren't big. They definitely weren't pushing TV movies to video. Um, I think that's the big thing, is all the little horror kids that, that got to see it talked about it all the time. And then, like, for those of us who didn't get to see it, um, it just kind of went into obscurity, and you just really hard to find a copy. And then, and then when you could, like uh, Abner said, it's at a convention with the writer director, um, you know, there at the table. So, you know, my experience wasn't as cool when I bought mine because I felt like he was getting insulted with the person I was standing with. He wasn't buying one, but still a good movie. And I'm <laughs> glad I bought it. So, that's a good one, um, <laughs> Professor. Obviously, uh, the guy who plays Pappy O'Dannon, who is it, Charles Durning, who's in that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, really good role for him. Yeah, it's funny that I can understand what you're saying when you say that. But yes, that is Charles Durning. <laughs> I'm like, Larry Drake, Drake obviously. Dana. Dana. Dapper um, man. <clears throat> Halloween 2, obviously, is beloved, and we've covered that. But uh, I do want to take a second and mention Galaxy of Terror. For people who haven't explored uh, some of these later Corman productions, they're, they're fun. Um, you get a lot of uh, blending of sci-fi and horror. And a lot of sleaze. Um, That's Galaxy of Terror and Seminoid. Right? Yes, um, Galaxy of Terror is no that exception. To that um, like Forbidden Planet. He made a whole string of movies around this era. Um, Galaxy of Terror has Robert England and Sid Haig both in it. Um, so I think horror fans might enjoy checking that one out if they haven't. Uh, it wasn't. I don't think Scream Factory put it out, but Shout did. They put out a string of those Corman movies. Um, and, and that's available to them. Totally worth checking out. A lot of fun. I remember getting scoffed at when I purchased Halloween 2 on Blu-ray. But, what are you talking about? I'm talking about people on this podcast scoffing at me when I bought Halloween 2 on Blu-ray. This man would not buy a box set of Halloween <laughs> and went out of his way to spend God knows how much. On just Halloween two on Blu-ray, which it is was arguably, it was cheap. It was like ten bucks. It was one of the most vanilla of all the Halloween sequels. Uh, not a bad movie, but again, I don't remember this lambasting that uh, Vinny is referencing here. Well, you're hearing it fresh right now. <laughs> I guess so. You're hearing up, it fresh. I paid more than a dollar messages. for this on Blu-ray, and, and, and got scoffed at for pretty like. Halloween too. Okay, and he was like, <laughs> "He's like, I'm not buying a collection because I don't want Halloween three. It's trash. I'm just getting Halloween two. <laughs> that is a lie. That is a total lie because I own <laughs> Halloween three on Blu-ray. You do now. I don't want <clears throat> Halloween five or anything that follows it. We. Uh, if you got the one uh, edition of Halloween two, it also has. Is that the one that has coming soon on it as an extra feature? I have no idea. You just don't like how oh, uh, is your ableist, and you don't like that there's deaf people in it. <laughs> there it is. Oh my god! Halloween two has uh, what? It, what? It, what was it? Uh, tear in the aisles. Oh, was it tear in the aisles? Special feature. 
I was thinking, yeah. Oh, that's the Jamie Lee Curtis one. That's a great gotcha. mask. I, I, Same I, director that made one of the shitty ones later, Rosenthal. I've seen uh, recently that the, maybe Trick or Treat Studios, where they put out the uh, Ben Tramer, Michael Myers. I was like, that would be kind <laughs> of fun. Uh, most people probably wouldn't get who you were dressed up as, but... Um, all right. Toddy and I have been to the intersection where Ben Tramer gets smashed against the van. Or there's that. Good times. <laughs> oh, y'all uh, can afford to travel. Flaunt your wealth. Yeah, boy. <laughs> so, uh, really, because this was before you went to the Monkeys Planet thing in Florida. Oh. <laughs> well, listen to the bourgeoisie trying to uh, <laughs> reprimand you. <laughs> you know, I'm I'm sorry that I I got to go to a lousy intersection where a bad horror movie was made. <laughs> you got to go to Planet of the Apes. Sorry, to the next month. I went to an ape section where November, The Prowler, Road yes. Games, Butcher Ooh. Maker, Nightmare Maker, which means Venom, Don't Go Into the Woods, and Home Sweet Home. That's actually a really good month. Home sweet home, home sweet home. That's got like uh, it features the music. Don't say Holly Hunter. Molly Crew. <laughs> I thought it was the one with Reese Witherspoon. So home that's sweet, what I was getting at. Yeah, Reese home, home sweet son home. of a bitch. <clears throat> one of the other films because we covered one that features Thanksgiving as uh, as the backdrop. The other Thanksgiving horror movie um, in addition to Blood Rage. I think the professor bullied me into buying a copy of Bookmaker <laughs> Nightmare Maker. <laughs> And that and is true. I remember. I'm, I I'm disappointed that it's not about the guy from Frozen Ground. Well, I say bully, but uh, but really, he's he, he's just like uh, buy it because I know you're going to like it, and it's or uh, or I'm going to cut you with this knife I have at your liver, pretty much is what he said. But um, fly you to Alaska. Oh, it's in quote. It, it's so bad, it's good, and it features it's insane. The, the crazy ass grandma from Crybabies in it. It's good times. Like, I haven't seen yes, that sir. good of acting from a, a parental figure in a film since Sleepaway Camp. Yes, if you Can't, need unhinged Susan Tyrell in your life, you need to watch Butcher Baker. I need you to give me that list of movies one more time. All right. The Prowler. Okay. Watch that last today. A.K.A. Rosemary's Murder Killer, whatever <laughs> it was. Road Games, which I think is... Is that Jamie Lee Curtis? Road Games! Yeah, Jamie Lee Curtis, Stacey Keach. It's Australian. It's actually pretty good. So it's... She's Down Under. Uh, Butcher Baker. Venom. Don't Tom Hardy was great. Man. I feel like this year had a bunch of don't movies, but <laughs> don't go into the woods. Don't. And then Home Sweet Home. Venom's interesting. Oh, Venom has to do. Jesus Christ! <laughs> Sorry, I was talking about movies. You psycho bastard! Don't um, go into the woods. No, Venom uh, has Susan George. It has to do with a ransom, and as you guessed, a snake. Also, Oliver Reed. It's a pretty interesting movie. I, a different, a number of labels have put it out here in the last couple of years and made it easy to see. But uh, Rogue Games is the one that more people need to know about. It's uh, it's a pretty tight little thriller. Uh, Jamie Lee Curtis is hitchhiking through Australia. Stacey Keach is a uh, is just less than nice truck driver, and you can put the rest together. Um, the other one I've seen is The Prowler, and 
it's a good one, but it I don't like how it makes me feel. It's mean. It's angry. <laughs> so, uh, uh, but it's a good movie, and I know Professor likes it. It is. That's probably my favorite individual slasher. It's certainly my favorite uh, makeup and effects work with kills and slasher movies. I, um, I think it's the best. Yeah. I think it actually looks real. It doesn't look good where you point out that it looks good. Like it's jarring how good it looks with a couple of the kills. Yeah, like yeah. I watch it and I'm like, hey man, leave her alone. Don't do that. Poor <laughs> <laughs> lady. I watched it that today. Woman. I watched it today and what fucked me up is that the killer, it starts out with a return vet from World War II and then it picks up in like 1980 and they're like, yeah, this murder that happened 30 years ago and I was like, 30 years ago was like 1991. Like it just made me so <laughs> sad to think about that. Like, oh, wow. That just totally put things in perspective as to what 30 years really means in real time for me. A killer that's old in Operation Desert Storm. <laughs> yeah, it's wild. I did like it though. I, there is zero fun in this movie. No zero fun. fun. No fun to be had. The, the kill, you get the Lawrence kill, Tierney. The, the kills are very uh, mean. Your mean is mean is a good one. There, there's no levity in this movie whatsoever. But I liked it. I liked it. It feels very. It feels yeah. very. Some of the kills and stuff feel very Friday the Thirteenth Part Two. Like you get a lot of that in the eighties. Oh, you see, especially things that Tom Savini worked <laughs> on. You get a lot of those heads with a fake body with a knife coming through the neck that he did in uh, Friday the Thirteenth, but. Nonetheless, they still look really good. And uh, if you're a fan of slashers, then hit them up. So the Prowler was was Paramount as well as Friday 2. And maybe it's because I just never really thought of it. But um, this might only be my second viewing, too. I watched it a while back. Um, I think when maybe... I don't even think anybody fancy released it. I think it was probably just... I can't think of who put out... Blue Underground. So... Uh, so when that came out, it's probably my first viewing. Um, man, watching this again, that whole climax is Friday the 13th, too. Like, he's yes. trying to get her with the pitchfork. She hides under the bed. The even comes. The only thing she even when she's holding it out, like, as he's coming towards her, it yeah. is totally Friday, too. Yeah. I never really caught it before, except for uh, in Friday, too, which Amy still always says the mouse wets. I'm pretty sure it's her that pisses her pants, so. <laughs> good times uh i will Great say case. uh the prowler's uh pretty fun because it's uh it's one of the throwback movies that has everything in it of like stupid people so uh i also loved that she's in a room for 20 minutes with the killer waiting like bitch come in here so i can kill you and then <laughs> she still don't get killed and then leaves and forgets something to come back in good times um and I, I, I don't know if I need to say it or not, but Venom and Don't Go in the Woods are both unopened at my house. <laughs> One day. Who couldn't guess? Well, you, round table, we're not supposed to watch everything. I try. You've brought great shame upon this house. Well, somebody pick it. That's how I open a lot of movies. Is <laughs> and then, Just kidding. Uh, looks like Vinny's got a blackout going on, but uh, moving along to December, uh, Don... Of the Mummy, 
Ghost Story. Which is basically zombies. <laughs> Ghost Story, Frightmare, and Piranha 2. Duh. Well, Ghost Story is one that I probably would have skipped, but the professor picked it. And uh, I'm a big fan. Big fan of Ghost Story. I think it's a really well-made film. Um, one that was just like a random... Professor, you remember, like, random cardboard DVD box with the flap on it. It's yep, like, old snap case. Yeah, and so it's just, uh, I loved it, and uh, what did they call themselves? The Old Chowder Club? The Old Chowder Society. <laughs> the Old Chowder Society, which is what this podcast will become <laughs> in about 15 more years. The Old Chowder 15 more minutes. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> if we go much longer, um, I'm going to be old enough to call it that. Yeah, Ghost Story is a personal favorite. Gushed about it in the past. I mean, it's it's one of those ones that I think of as like a me horror movie. It's not something that everybody commonly loves, but I, I just I really really love that movie to the point where I've even got like the original one sheet poster of it, the original hardback first edition of the book. It's just one I'm a huge fan of. No, no, no. I was thinking the same thing. Uh. Well, you know, it's weird. I think probably most of the movies this month were just put there to be under the radar and slip in. I would say Ghost Story was probably a big push at the time because of, I mean, it's 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 an odd casting for a horror film, but still some pretty big names. And uh, I was always wanted to watch the movie more for the mystique because every time I try to watch this movie, just shit happened. Like I'd rent it and it'd be a bad copy. And uh, so it just took forever to get to watch it. Well, I knew nothing really about it because the box art was just like a moon and uh, like a black cover. Mm-hmm. And, um, you, you don't really hear people, other than people really enjoying the movie, no one ever says what it's about. And maybe part, so, um, you know, kind of like the, the whole third act isn't revealed, but um, so probably. I just, yeah. all I tell people is, dance with me, you toad. <laughs> it's Which uh, Todd was with Ugh. me when I met her. It's literally um, lots of early urban legends put together for a really good cohesive story. Yeah. I think of it kind of as a nice cherry on top of an amazing year of horror movies with these old established actors coming in to join the fun. Yeah. What else did we have for December? Sorry. Uh, d- the zombie mommy movie. Um, oh yeah, real quick. That's Italian. It's I've sought out every mummy movie I could find over the years. So I came across this one a few years back. It's just a zombie movie. There's nothing that you would tune in for a mummy movie for. They basically all uprise and they're zombies. Whack. Uh, Friday, yeah. I definitely is another one that I remember. Box art. I don't think I ever watched it. Piranha Two, which is James Cameron's biggest movie to date. <laughs> <laughs> Frightmare is does that got does that got a young um oh his name's escaping me right now Combs from Reanimator I Jeffrey? I want to say it's yeah I want to say it's um you know like a, a group of either college students or high school students kind of awakening something they shouldn't uh, kind of like children shouldn't play with dead things I feel like I've seen that but I can't be for sure on that anyways. All right. Uh, Piranha- cool story, bro. 
Piranha 2, uh, I, I, that one's kind of fun to watch with people, too, because it's bad, like real bad. Uh, Michael Jackson bad. I'm uh, shocked that that came out in December. That's so crazy. I, well, I think it's because, man, it's I want to say it's another one that's weird because it's all American people that made it, but it's like very Italian. So I think some of these movies were kind Roger of... Roger Corman will do that. So you're saying it don't make no sense. Exactly. Because like some of these movies, too, were released either we were getting them late or we kind of got them, and then it was thrown over to another country where, I don't know, like even some of the titles, the, um, some of these movies, I kind of know them as something else. So um, good times, big, big movies. Italian. Great year. But there's nothing wrong it with that. It was a uh, very good year. You've never seen Piranha 2. Uh, you know, you get to watch the fish have wings. So um, the ocean can't contain them. It was a very <laughs> good year. <laughs> Good times. Like One of the best years. All right. Very good. Well, there you have it, folks. 1981, a big year in horror. Big hits. Some misses, but lots of fun. Lots of slashers. I think we've said all we could say about the year 1981 well, and the horror movies. Well, except for Todd. He's always got more to well, say. Well, I was going to say, no, we could follow <laughs> 1992, where there's two movies that came out that year. So Very cool. <laughs> yeah, you can have uh, lots of lots of 40th anniversary celebration reasons to watch movies this year. Absolutely. So, all right, friends. Well, thanks for sticking with us as we uh, went through our ridiculousness and the horror films of 1981. I'm one of your hosts, Grizzly Abner, and I've been joined by Professor, who also turns 40 this year, Wagstaff. Oh, Venomous Vinny. Hot toddy. Stay scary. Now you only watched three of those, right? <laughs> yeah, you did too. You just had the rest of them. <laughs>